0: Welcome to Chat About, sponsored today by First National Bank Bemidji and the Bemidji Chrysler Center Honda of Bemidji. Tomorrow is the fifth annual Veteran Suicide Prevention and Awareness Day. It will be held in Bemidji this year, and we have a couple of the speakers who will be there joining us today on Chat About, local author Wendell Affield and a counselor with Sanford Health, Mindy Broden. And also with details on the day, we have Kristen Stanassis, a Veteran Suicide Prevention Liaison. They're all coming up on Chat About. Welcome to all of you, first of all.
1: Good morning. Thank you.
0: Kristen, let's start with you, uh, uh, Krista. So we are uh, the site of the fifth annual Veteran Suicide Prevention and Awareness Day. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how this day came to be and how it made its way to Bemidji.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. So um, this day was um, set in stone five years ago. Um, The governor signed uh, and made this day an actual um, day. There's a proclamation um, that will be handed out on this day also. Um, So this day really is to bring people together to recognize and bring awareness to suicide prevention um, and what's, what's happening in our community with our veterans. So we are here. Um, we have speakers here to share their stories. We have resources available for people that are going to be attending. Um, it's it's basically a morning where we're commemorating the day. We're thinking about the veterans that we've lost to suicide. We're working on preventing suicide of future veterans, and we're also here with family members and friends. So it's a gathering. It's. It's a way for people to share. It's networking and connections. We'll have a coffee hour from nine to 10 along with some donuts from Raphael's. And it's, it's really just bringing people together who work in the same space. Um, and a lot of the space that we work in is virtual. So it's nice to be in person at this event and really just to come together, um, share, some, share some stories, share some memories, um, talk about the work that we're doing and, and just network with people on, on what else we could be doing.
0: Well, Wendell and uh, and Mindy are um, speakers. Mindy Broden, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, and I know you know a lot of this will be covered in the speeches and and the presentations tomorrow. But a little bit about yourself and and how you found your way to this uh, this
2: gathering tomorrow. Thanks, Kev. I appreciate the warm welcome. I was born and raised just. 30 miles west of here. Um, I've lived here all my life. My family's lived here all their lives. Um, and I went into the service in April of 2001, so shortly before 9-11. Um, there, it was a interesting time to go in because I went in. There hadn't been a conflict in how long. And then all of a sudden there was multiple deployments happening. And um, so tomorrow I'll talk a little bit about, you know, my lived experience in the service. But the biggest thing is that I'm a survivor of a suicide attempt. Um, I am a survivor of lots of different traumas while I was in the service. And my uh, passion in life is to bring hope and help to others that might still be struggling. I also, um, I work in the mental health field. I'm a therapist, I'm an alcohol and drug counselor. And so I give back in a professional manner, but also um, in any way that I can. So if my story helps or gives hope to anybody that there is life after trauma and life after the service, um, that's really what I'm hoping to bring.
0: Okay, and Wendell, what what, what is your story?
2: (laughs) Well, my story
3: is, I was raised on a little farm north of Bemidji, about 25 miles, 20 miles up in Nibish. Um I dropped out of high school and went in the Navy in 1965. I was in the middle of my first deployment to Vietnam when my class graduated. Um, in 68, I went back on a, with mobile riverine force on a riverboat, uh, saw a fair amount of enemy action. Uh, I was wounded in an ambush and medevaced home in August of 68. And kind of for 30 years, I never really, I was silent about it. People, a lot of people I worked with didn't even know I was in the service. Um, In the early 90s, I was diagnosed with PTSD and began attending a therapy group here in Bemidji with a group of other Vietnam veterans. And I would mention that at that time I was running the butcher shop at Lucan's and World War II veterans knew that I had seen combat in Vietnam. And over the years, a few of them stopped by to visit with me, and and they sh- started sharing their stories of trauma. And they would tear up and never really finish their stories, and I was embarrassed for them. And... and I didn't understand at the time, but today I realize a couple of things. Very possibly it was the anniversary date of their trauma, and they had never shared before. Um, and it was possibly the first time they had ever shared that story. But i they're all gone now, and I've come to realize many years ago that if I didn't share my story, it would die with me. And so when I retired, I began attending BSU to learn the writing craft. And over the years, as I wrote my, I call them memory stories, um, and interesting things happened. I just started talking about my Vietnam experience. And uh, other students and professors started encouraging me to create a memoir of about, you know, from all these memory stories. And in 2012, my book was published. And I started getting invitations to speak. And I, I was invited to do a writing workshop for veterans down in the cities. And I, I in developing my presentation, I came across this term expressive writing therapy. And I ordered the book Writing to Heal by James Pennebaker and as i started reading it i thought crap this is what i was doing for the last decade <laughs> writing to heal <laughs> and just putting those those trauma stories on paper all of a sudden they're tactile there's borders to them you can start exploring them and making some sense of them so i'm a really strong advocate of expressive writing and the other the other thing that i've learned over the past few years in speaking to groups as post-traumatic growth, and I'm a strong advocate of that. And to me, I would like to think that the governor would add that to his list of uh, whatever he has for helping mm-hmm. veterans at risk mm-hmm. and other members, anyone that has dealt with trauma. Um, post-traumatic growth is a message of hope. All you got to do is Google it. Yeah. So... Your writing career, though, has really blossomed.
0: I mean, you've published multiple books now, four books so yeah, yeah,
3: wow, yeah. and I'm working on one actually. This isn't kind of about veterans it's I kind of inherited this family that the uh, grandfather was a Vietnam veteran that passed away, and his family became homeless and sadly one of the one of the man is chronically in and out of prison. And I told him, I said, I want to, we exchange letters a lot. And I've started putting excerpts of these letters together of life behind prison. And I want it to be a young adult book. Okay. All right. Wow. Anyway, just another little project. Yeah, (laughs) it's another little project. Um,
0: Mindy, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I walk the streets. I know a lot of veterans. I am always stunned when I, you know, read of somebody that I knew that that took their own life or, or is, is suffering that you just don't know about. I mean, how how prevalent is this?
2: Well, I think that it's really prevalent. I mean, we have a lot of we got a lot of statistics. I think for a long time it was 22, 22 a day. And I know that that, is, that number has actually decreased. And I think in large part to the VA and different organizations effort, but also to all of us that are in the therapy field or in the helping helping profession field. I think there's a unique um, thing for us in, in this particular area, rural America. Um, there's a couple of different things that are going on. I think earlier somebody was talking about the stats with um, – men who are over 55, that that's actually the greatest, Caucasian men over the age of 55 is the greatest rate of completed suicides. And it's usually with more lethal means than, you know, a lot of times when when we see attempts, they might not be as lethal. Um, but anyways, there's a, there's a huge part of isolation, but there's also our uh, kind of Scandinavian type background of we don't talk about things. That's not Minnesota nice, you know, mm-hmm. to talk about those things that are deep and hurting. And so I think that, you know, even Wendell was saying, I've given my testimony a lot of different places as far as um, what was the purpose of my hope or, you know, what was th- some of my path. But it does really connect people in a very cool way, um, we were talking earlier, too, especially for my generation. I don't want to say how old I am on on air um, but you know we're kind of the Iraq Afghanistan generation of service my brother in law is a veteran, my husband is a two time combat veteran. Um, and, and it's very isolating in this region. We have no military bases nearby. Um, we weren't, we were all volunteer army. So we all went in at different times. I think I was in for three and a half years, actually to the day, um, and active duty army, lots of different bases. I lived in Germany for two and a half years, stationed there, um, and then downrange. And it's so fascinating. I think I met two people from Minnesota my entire time in, and they were both probably from the cities, not up here. And so, you know, we have the VA or the um, VFWs, American Legions, things like that. But my generation of service members, we don't really do that. And so it's a lot of loneliness, especially because we lack that camaraderie that we had in the service and those shared experiences that you have in deployments. So I think that that's some of the challenges, but I also think that's why this event is going to be so great because it's going to bring a lot of different people together. And having Wendell as Vietnam era and me as as kind of Iraq, Afghanistan era, we're hoping to reach a a larger population of people and give them a face of what, what veterans look like and also just being vulnerable with the struggles that we've had because we know that other people have had those struggles and are currently having them.
0: We are talking about the, uh, the fifth annual Veteran Suicide Prevention and Awareness Day, a, a Minnesota tradition now for the last five years. It's going to be in Bemidji tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go back to Krista for a second, and uh, it's a unique event in that you proclaim it a state day, but it's at one location, and that location shifts. So tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Mm-hmm.
1: So this year, it's going to be at Paul Bunyan Park here in Bemidji. Um, every year, we try to do it at a different location. Um, we want to be out in the community when we're doing this. We want to be seen by by the veterans in our community and family members and friends of veterans. We we want to be here. We want them to see us and, and to come ask us questions. We're, we're out here for a purpose, and it's not just to commemorate the day but it's about all the feelings and emotions and relationships and um, experiences that everybody's coming here with tomorrow. Um, Last year we did have it at Big Marine Lake. Um, That was an excellent location and the year before we had it in St. Cloud so we'll probably start planning for next year and we might be coming um, to a location near you.
0: Obviously, this this seems like a really good year to have it in Bemidji, as we are going to have our VA home opening probably a, a month or so after this event.
1: Yes, yes, the min, the new um, veterans' home will be opening up hopefully around the holidays.
0: Okay. Um, so, Wendell, um, if you you know we have some veterans listening today and they're feeling stuff, uh, what do they
3: do? What's their first well, steps? They reach out. To the VA, there are so many resources out there. Call a friend. Call a friend. I think personal contact, from my experience as a lay person, um, visiting with other veterans is probably the first line of defense. Isolation is absolutely the worst thing. You know, a person that spirals down to the point of suicide—none of us can really understand the depth of their despair. And so as a layperson, like I say, I, I think to reach out to a peer to another veteran that can understand a little bit where you're coming from and, and reach out to the professionals. There's, there are, we're, we really are blessed in the North Country here for the resources we have medically and mental health wise.
2: I would just add the same thing because I think sometimes, too, veterans might not want to get care through the VA, and if they don't, there's a lot of other options. I I, I work for Sanford as a mental therapist, and I run their um, substance use disorder program there. And we have a great team mobile crisis. There's uh, warm lines, suicide hotlines, all kinds of different help. If you don't have a friend to reach out to, because just like Wendell said, isolation is definitely um, one of the worst things a person can experience when they're at risk for um, suicide or any mental health illness, actually.
3: Yeah. I, go ahead. Oh, I would just add to that. I forget if I mentioned this earlier. Anyway, um, when I was a member of our PTSD therapy group, we did lose a member to suicide, and another member sometime later called and just was kind of at the end of his rope, and I drove him down to St. Cloud VA where he did an inpatient program. And today, 30 years later, he's a proud grandfather, and he's going to be at this event tomorrow and share his story Oh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. We well, can learn the rest of the story, as someone once said. We'll sound like Paul Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you know,
0: uh, the, one of the things I've just been reading about and hearing about for the last three, four years in general is the loneliness factor in, in yeah. society in general, let alone somebody who's got traumatic things in their, in their past. So it's got to be
2: terrible. It is. And I think that that's something we talk about, um, you know, we, we have phones and we have social media to keep us more connected. But unfortunately, nothing takes the place of face to face human interaction. And unfortunately, that was probably one of the worst things that we saw with COVID was the isolation component of it. We saw mental health take uh, it it increased exponentially after COVID. And I really do think a large portion of that was because of isolation and people just being separated from each other. And so community is so important. And we are beyond blessed for our uh, faith communities in this area. Uh, Like you said, writing groups, trauma groups, grief groups, um, all kinds of different things that are available to people. I think the greatest thing about all of it is that a lot of times we just tend to think that we're the only ones or we're alone. We Other people don't think the things we think or feel the things we think. And and unfortunately, the human condition is across generations and sexes and cultures and everything. Um, trauma is a difficult thing. Mental illness is a difficult thing. But the more we talk about it, the more likely you are to be able to, just like Wendell was talking about his expressive writing Journaling, talking about it with somebody, just getting it out of you is the very first step in any kind of change in growth. Yes.
0: I've just been reading some stuff lately, you know, just on personal growth, nothing to do with trauma or depression or anything like that. But, but that's what they say. You should journal. Every day you should journal. And, uh, and, you know, so not even for publication, just to do it. And obviously it, it turned into something more for you. But I'm, I'm assuming just getting words on paper.
3: Yes, it really is a powerful form mm-hmm. of expression, um, very therapeutic. I would just share a little story. Soon after, a couple of years after my Muddy Jungle book was published, I was invited to speak up at Gonvik, and I was in the community center, I think it was Gonvik. Anyway, they had it set up with about 25 chairs, and I had done some other talks before that, and the the subject of PTSD often came up when I decided, well, let's just talk about it. So they advertised it as a post-traumatic stress discussion. And they had 25 chairs set up in a community center, and people, suddenly those chairs were full, and people kept coming, and I think we ended up with about 100 people there. And in the back of the room were all these guys, I'm guessing mostly Vietnam veterans, just standing quietly and listening. And I had gotten literature from the Department of Veterans Affairs about mental health and, you know, reaching out and this and that. And it was interesting after the talk, I was busy signing books, but I noticed all these people, all these men mostly coming forward, picking up this literature and quietly walking out. But it was really a a revelation for me that, like, Robin says, we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the silence is what's devastating. We need to bring it out in the open and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And and that, for me, now when I speak to groups, I make it a point to bring the subject up.
0: You you mentioned um, at one point it was twenty two per day. Yes. And uh, now um, the stat I was told earlier was one hundred per year. So that's a that's a pretty significant decrease. So obviously, people are stepping up, doing things and seems to be moving us in the right direction.
2: Absolutely, I think so too.
0: Okay, um, Krista, why don't you give us a rundown of what's gonna happen tomorrow?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, so we're gonna have um, coffee and donuts, we'll be ready at 9 a.m. and there's there'll be some networking there, there'll be some um, local agencies, community partners, we're gonna have some um, tables set up where there'll be some resources from the uh, federal VA and then also the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and, and a few other places. Um, and then at ten o'clock, we're going to have a speaker series start. It'll last approximately 40, 45 minutes, and then after that, um, some more networking and meeting people. And um, you can come for part of it. You can come for all of it. Um, we'll be there probably until about eleven thirty.
0: Okay, that sounds great. And that's at Paul Bunyan Park tomorrow. Paul
1: Bunyan Park. Yes, rain um, or shine.
0: Before we wrap it up, um, what are um, we talked about first steps? But but what phone numbers to call? websites to go to, places veterans who are hurting can go to help facilitate those first steps.
2: I'm glad that you asked that, Kev. Like I said, there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different resources. There's a ton of resources for veterans. There really is. It's all over the place. There's a couple of websites even on, and I don't know, Krista, if you know them offhand, but um, there's a couple of websites that actually list all the different places that you can get help. But I know that in the state of Minnesota, actually, I think it's a national thing right now. Anybody can call 988. Mm -hmm. And that is is, um, a suicide hotline, mental health hotline. um, But that 988 serves just as 911. So how you call 911 for a medical emergency, 988 is for a mental health emergency. And that's a national thing. The only thing to know about that is that when you call that number, it will connect you based on the area code you're calling from. So if you have a cell phone that's based out of Texas, it's going to probably connect you to Texas. <laughs> you. But we also have a mobile, local mobile crisis here. Um, and I think that, that we can, I can get you some of those numbers and information here in a little bit. But um, we have a local number you can call where local people will respond to that as well. Um, for a mobile crisis here. Obviously, you can contact your VA. You can reach out to anybody that is, we have a lot of caseworkers in the veteran um, system, even at the VA clinic here in Bemidji. And that with the veterans homecoming as well. I think we'll have even more resources locally. Okay.
0: Anything else before we wrap it up today?
1: I just want to say for 988, uh, press 1 after you down 988. When you press 1, that's for veterans.
0: Okay, 988 Press 1. Yep, and you'll
1: be connected with someone who is trained to work with veterans, and they will help you. And there's no question too small. Um, you don't have to be in a crisis. If, you, if you're feeling like something's not right, feel free to call. You're you're not a burden. People are there for you. Reach out. We, we want to help. Okay.
0: It's the fifth annual Veteran Suicide Prevention and Awareness Day. It is here in Bemidji tomorrow, 9 a.m., Paul Bunyan Park. The uh, program starts at 10 a.m., uh, a great event. I'm so glad it's here. Um, Christus Danassis from the Veteran Suicide Prevention Liaison. We have Wendell Affield, famous local author. And we have Mindy Broden, also a veteran and uh, therapist at Sanford of Crap. Bemidji. I really appreciate you guys being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank
1: Thank you. Thank you. you.
0: about has been sponsored by Bemidji Chrysler Center Honda of Bemidji and First National Bank Bemidji. Weekend is here. Enjoy. Take part in some of the great things going on including today's topic, the 5th Annual Veteran Suicide Prevention and Awareness Day tomorrow at Paul Bunyan Park. Autumn Hoopla tomorrow at the Eagles Club as well. Just a couple of the events going on in the area this weekend. We'll be back with a full set of shows next week. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for taking a few minutes with us today and again, have a great weekend.